0: Oh, you crazy? You like crazy? I saw you Listen,
1: I don't know about these other guys, but we are like a superhero. No? We're like... We're not crazy! Everybody knows you never go full retire. Muhammad is the most commonly used
0: name on Earth. Read a fucking book for one. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. Picasso is dead! Walt Disney is dead. I'm dead. Steve Jobs is dead. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious.
1: Welcome to the Mentally Gone Podcast. Welcome back, guys,
0: to another episode of the Mentally Gone Podcast, episode number 17. My name is Kali Lacerda. And I'm Gabriela Lopes. And thank you again for tuning in, for allowing us into your head and speaking into your ear in a non-sexual and consensual way.
1: Telling you sweet nothings.
0: Sweet nothings. This was your choice to click on this. So don't meet to us, right? right? Um So we watched the movie recently. I think it was like two days ago called vivarium or vivarium i don't know what the right pronunciation is it's with jesse eisenberg yeah the lead from the facebook movie and he's also lex Luthor in the superman movies dc universe what a movie what a film what a crazy ride that movie honestly that that movie has so many layers to it that i didn't even know where to begin what like while watching it you know
1: I mean, let's talk <coughs> about first how they're living in the same constant routine, same environment, mm-hmm. day in, day out.
0: Identical houses. Yep. Right.
1: Fake food.
0: Fake food. That, food tastes like nothing.
1: Yeah, no taste.
0: Do you think that that had to do, well, maybe not. I was going to say, do you think that had to do with like COVID? Or with like the advent of the pandemic. No. Because like tasteless food, mundane activity, stuck in the house, you can't leave.
1: Oh. And you're like going in like circles.
0: That. And then no matter how hard you try to escape, you always end up in the same place. Mm. And you're stuck with your spouse. And then I saw somewhere, I read somewhere that even the alien baby that they're forced to raise yeah, uh, was a defining factor and uh, a catalyst for disrupting their marriage and disrupting them as a couple. And that that's a metaphor or a a real-life analogy for real-life marriages is that most couples, everything is going great, but then once you introduce the idea of having a baby, that often fucks things up. Yeah, sex
1: life goes to shit.
0: Sex life, no privacy.
1: I think it's because you stop prioritizing yourself (laughs) and your partner and then... You like your main priority just becomes the child right so lack of self-care leads to like lack of attract like attraction between the two of you Mm -hmm. lack of energy lack of everything
0: (laughs) and you could even tell in the film that um jesse's character started getting jealous that she was giving more attention to the alien baby than to him and i think that that happens a lot i think that it's kind of inevitable maybe well well not inevitable if you're if you're raised by legit human beings which is like well put together people uh, this might not happen but for the most case I think that one parent ends up harnessing a certain resentment towards the child on certain levels because you lose your partner you lose that sexual drive that 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 sexual vigor just like you said uh, you guys can't spend any more time together you guys can't get away. Uh, you start losing interest in what the other person likes or enjoys because there's that distance created by the child.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you agree with that? Yeah, no,
1: I do. And I think also um, in the movie, he, I think part of it was that he hated the fact that she was pl- like playing along with this this hell that they put them in, right? right? Because his whole his whole goal is to get out of that place he doesn't want to take care of this weird alien baby that they left him with that like screams in their ear every day mm-hmm. and and is just super strange super Co- weird kid. copies them like imitates them and stuff and mm-hmm. watches them 24 hours of the day and i think he grew resentful too because she started taking on motherly um instincts instincts towards this alien baby and 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 in his head he's probably thinking just just why you know like why are you feeding into this game that they like put us in you know
0: meanwhile he was doing everything he could to escape to that, escape right. to escape any responsibility that resembled constituting a normal family which is what the simulation or system wanted them to do mm-hmm. it was like forcing them to do
1: and then he was digging a hole every day right which spoiler so skip past this part if you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Spoiler ends up being his grave that he yeah. dug,
0: right? And, and even that serves as as a great analogy to, to that famous saying of like you're digging yourself a hole, yeah. That you can't come out of. And then the irony is that he dies, and then his body is thrown into that same hole. Yeah. Super crazy, super crazy. And what you point out, what you pointed out as well, uh, um, about the child watching them and mirroring and mimicking. I think that that's a great example of what children do in general. Like they mimic their parents. They So if your parent is a smoker, for example, there must be some percentage of some study that states that the child will eventually pick up on smoking himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, mannerisms, tics, annoyances, uh, passions, everything gets kind of absorbed by this child because the child is seen as a sponge. And in this case, the the alien child is even more of a sponge because it's an alien trying to um, establish himself or itself in this realm of reality that we right. call normalcy
1: and be able to convey human emotions right. because they're they're not programmed right. They're not programmed to mm-hmm. already have those in I bet like in their mm-hmm. in their persona.
0: This film is not for everybody. I'll say that now.
1: Um, yeah, I got a lot of anxiety.
0: It's very anxiety inducing. so if you are very sensitive to that, type of thing to um movies that really kind of distort your sense of reality then this movie is not for you uh what's interesting is that it got mixed reviews so i love films that are extremely polarizing you know like, e- like people either love it or people hate it and i fall more on the side of loving it like i really enjoyed it i think it's very interesting it's a movie that sticks with me and every every film like that i have to give it props
1: okay right after we finished watching it i just had extreme anxiety i i didn't even want to get out of bed but then i did want to get out of bed because i was like oh my god i can't just keep doing the same thing every (laughs) single day and living life on a loophole right sorry (laughs) see i'm like getting choked <laughs> <up>. <laughs>
0: yeah don't cry
1: but anyway so like six <laughs> minutes in. and then at the same time i'm like what's the purpose because the whole idea of the movie was like all we do is live to eventually have a job raise right. a family and then die so then you know i was kind of having an existential crisis and i'm just way too young way too young to be, to be having right exactly oh that's in a song i like kings way of leon have you ever heard that
0: that's from Kings of Leon?
1: They, say, they said, I'm too young to feel this. So. Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: There's a rap song that I know that
1: Yeah, from. there is a rap song too, but that's the one that I just thought of.
0: Yeah. Uh, just to plug in and, and take advantage of what you said about the whole feeling of being in the loop and just being in this constant, uh, endless, incessant cycle of day-to-day routines and just feeling like there's no out, I feel like it's going to get exponentially worse with the metaverse. Mm -hmm. right and being introduced ever so slightly like it's being slowly introduced and it's taking advantage of the fact that people have been uh kind of imprisoned and just just forced to stay in their home right Mm -hmm. for what seems to be forever but it's been like a little over two years now and i think that it's just interesting like all the things that we've been seeing through like in news articles um in just every like everywhere you look there's something you know that's indicative of what the future might be and one thing that really blew my mind is the fact that there are virtual churches mm. in the metaverse obviously and it's picking up popularity with the advent of covid so with like the more prominent covid becomes the more people are resorting to these um other you know can you get realms. your like
1: comu- um your communion and your confirmation through it that's an interesting question did they say anything about that in no the article? no
0: But that's a great question. Like, like how do you take the body of Christ and and drink his blood in a virtual reality?
1: Well, I never drank the blood of Christ, like the wine.
0: You don't drink? Oh, because you're too young.
1: Yeah, you don't. That's not... Well,
0: I've seen kids take sips, though.
1: Well, I mean, that's not part... That depends on where you're from and stuff. But that wasn't a part of my communion. It was just taking the body of Christ for the first time.
0: I drank it at, like, 14. or 13 or something like that so
1: that was your confirmation then did you get your confirmation no i (laughs) i I,
0: I just did my first communion
1: going off track so yeah you got your communion at 14 super late yeah wow
0: because i moved to brazil and then my school was a catholic school Mm -hmm. and and i basically like, like i was in a classroom with kids who were like Three, four, five years younger than me, so I was this like short thumb that wow. just stuck out.
1: I used there was kids in my. They called it like CCD. CCD. Yeah, it's like catechism. It's like week, special ed. Yeah, no, <laughs> but there was kids yeah. in my class that were older too, and we used, we used to always be like, "Damn, your parents put you in late, yo," because right. we were. <laughs>
0: That's how I felt, and I used to hate it because it was every after, like every other week afternoon classes. I had to like eat out alone because I couldn't really. Like I had no friends to eat out with. So I would just like go to a restaurant near the school and then come back and take the stupid classes about Aww. about saints and shit.
1: You know what? I started in first grade and, and it went all the way through seventh grade. We, Jesus.
0: Yeah. Literally.
1: And, <laughs> and, and what was I going to say? It was every Saturday or Sunday. So for the first half, of of my time at ccd it was every saturday we had we had to go to ccd and attend mass right after for like an hour so there went my saturday and i remember like my cousin and my brother at the time because i was young they used to be at home like playing playstation one while mm-hmm. i was like going oh
0: my god <laughs> Super for six sad. Years straight
1: wasting my saturday No, it's not a waste. Wait,
0: wait, wait. But all of that for you to do your first communion and your confirmation or just your first communion?
1: No, my communion and confirmation. And I did like confessionals too every year.
0: Do you know how I know... I'm going to use the word bullshit, but that's not to um, trigger any religious people. It's like, do you know how I know it's like the timing of these things and the process and stuff is all bullshit? How? Is that when I did mine, because I was a late bloomer, the school slash church, because we had like a a church in the school. Again, it's a Catholic school. they They made an exception for me so that I would expedite my communion process. And I think they cut it in like one third, basically. So if it took like um two years to complete they said that i could complete it in like a few months like three months and like basically that's all i had to do
1: here's why because because you are already older so the right. being able to interpret the stories in the bible the commandments the all these things the prayers because mm-hmm. you have to learn prayers and stuff did yeah. you have to learn prayers
0: I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure but i don't remember anything
1: yeah so like obviously being older you'll assimilate information quicker right. so that's probably what happened because because it like starting at first grade they would tell bible stories in mm-hmm. like a kid-friendly way that we can understand and whatever and it's a way that it's a way that parents use like putting us in like catechism and stuff was a way to like instill religion in a, at a young age right. you know before you can like detest to, to going right. because if you put a teenager they're like they could just not go and just they're be already rebellious right exactly
0: and kids are more um w- what's the term they're more like their brains are more malleable they're more impressionable right so you can easily and, manipulate a and to perception. me
1: it was just part of like like it was just part it was just normal to it's me part of life like I didn't see it like why am I doing this like getting upset about it like I just thought like oh I have to go to catechism today I had friends there I knew like a lot of my friends that I went to school with like normal school they like they went to mostly Portuguese because you know ironbound is Portuguese yeah. and the church we went to was uh, Nossa Senhora de Fatima which so a is a Portuguese church, Portuguese church right.
0: Do you think that it's harmful to impose your personal beliefs on your kids and to force them into in like like having them indoctrinated against their will so putting your kids through church school very early on forcing them to understand certain concepts just because it's the concepts upheld within the the household
1: Yes and no, because I look, I see it like culture, right? Yeah. You obviously want to bring your kid up with the culture that you've like that you have that yeah. that you cherish and that you embrace and whatever. So the same goes for religion like you and, and they can make the decision later on in their life if they believe or don't believe in mm-hmm. whatever you, you know. I do think there are some religions that are much stricter than others, you know. I think that, for example, like Catholicism isn't as as like rigid as like other religions that have certain things that like orthodox affect your that affect your attire that affect you know
0: judaism right stuff like yeah. that that
1: affect what you eat so like catholicism i feel like is much more lenient it's like mm-hmm. one of those things that even if you don't go to church you could still believe in god and that makes you a catholic correct so yeah so that's that you know and and it makes it different from for example like having to having to dress like a certain way to to conceal everything but your but your eyes for Mm. example or everything but your face and having to not eat certain things not have them in your diet the only time that catholics and i guess christians do have like a dietary restriction is throughout lent which is 40 days long
0: periods yeah
1: Forty days long, and the way that we did it, which I don't know if this is how everybody You're does supposed it,
0: supposed to give up something you love.
1: You give up something, yeah, something that you love that that that'll benefit you from giving up. Like if it's like a junk food, Chocolate people, cake yeah, or people like that, fix something stupid,
0: which is interesting too, like because it's like a misinterpretation or, of of ancient texts in right. a modern form. So it's a modernization. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna give up Wendy's, being that when the Bible was written, <laughs> there was no Wendy's, right? Yeah
1: but it could be anything like talk like obviously whatever and but 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 what they do throughout these 40 days or the way that i celebrated it growing up was every friday you can only eat fish Uh because 40 those 40 days that jesus went hungry at the i I forget the story but he spread just fish among like thousands of people or hundreds of people just just one fish and then a loaf of bread
0: is that when he taught the man to fish, and that famous quote is like, to know. teach a man to fish. I don't
1: something. know, like how the stories align. Oh, you're a... not a
0: specialist on the Bible. No, oh, I thought you were. There, there's that. so
1: many fishermen stories, and you know what's interesting? This goes back to like zodiac signs, right? There's the Pisces and Pisces. the Aquarius, yeah. and Pisces <laughs> is supposed to represent like, uh, I think it's Pisces or Aquarius is supposed to represent Jesus because Aquarius is the water bearer. And Pisces is the fish, which is like an iconic symbol in the Bible.
0: That's why people who are Christians, they have the fish the symbol fish. as a bumper on their car, as yeah. a bumper sticker.
1: There, I bet there's more meaning to it, but it's definitely because he fed people with just one fish or two fish and a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. That's the story. Yeah. But then you can only eat fish on on Fridays. That's the way mm-hmm. I did it. So you couldn't have meat. like You couldn't have other meat, like chicken or... or beef or...
0: and how did you survive because you hate fish
1: oh i didn't follow it my mom knows i didn't she oh, would try to so make she sneak? as a kid she would try to make like fish sticks and pizza because then it's like okay, okay that's more that, kid friendly that could like pass you know yeah. but but any meats or whatever eventually i got to the age where i was like all right you guys are gonna eat fish but i'm not so i'm gonna, eat, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have what i usually get <laughs> again like see it's like it's much more lenient than it's not like someone's like holding a gun to your head and telling you to Mm -hmm. fall like you have to eat fish yeah you better fucking do it
0: you have to pray and believe in it (laughs) yeah i think that for my kids in the future i will try my best to have a more um not liberal but more open-minded uh communication or teachings with them it's like let them know how much information like the vast array of information that's out there in terms of spirituality and awakening and opening your third eye and like all these things and philosophy especially and i'm just gonna like let them kind of play around with that intellectually spiritually mentally it's like just play around with it yeah have a field day go try out um athe um atheism 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 one day try out catholicism one day try out the quran the other day but uh, question
1: like you're <clears throat> like are you going to implement that at a young age because at a young age i feel like if you give kids too much curiosity it yeah. can like you said it they're very backfire. impressionable so if you tell them look at all this like information no, and, no, no. yeah no, no. and then they're like oh you know what i might be satanic you know no. then it's like but
0: that's the key though is that you don't Do that all at a very young age, like you wait until they're somewhat developed and then and then you start implementing these techniques. So I would first use as a gateway drug, quote unquote, for spirituality, religion, self-discovery,
1: like meditation.
0: Meditation and just um, spiritual practices and just spiritual understanding. It's like understanding of the soul, understanding of the mind, understanding of philosophy, especially. It's like understand society and reality first, and have a firm understanding of that, and then you can kind of elevate and graduate to um, religious factions. Because what religion is, in a sense, is just like a guideline, a, a guidebook that. a lot like grants people the faith needed to continue living otherwise life is just meaningless right there's no meaning
1: right and to live as a good person live as
0: a good person and it's fundamentally important like to the structure of society otherwise it would just be chaos and anarchy and just man killing man and that's why you have to instigate or it, it's not like
1: everybody living for themselves right
0: it, like individualism would be horrible but that's what we're living in now right and that's why you see this violence and stuff and then people say that our most advanced form of human beings will be when we understand the power of collectively living with each other and collectively building with each other and that's with the whole like um crowd not 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 crowd mentality it's the uh i forgot the name but it's like When your mind is just connected with everything and everything is one, Mm -hmm. that's when humans will advance. Because then if you're hurting your neighbor, then you're hurting yourself. And I think that that's ultimately what Jesus tried to convey to people if he was real. Like he was trying to convey that lesson, you know.
1: That's similar to a book. I think it was by George Orwell, (laughs) but I don't want to misquote it. So I won't say it, but basically everybody lives for the collective. And that's supposed to be like a dystopian society, though.
0: or dressed
1: as a utopian society it's because
0: it it teeters on socialism and socialism has been proven to be a faulty system you know like there's no practical example
1: and in the book it it hinders their like individuality like their individualism motivation to
0: achieve more yeah
1: but anyways i was gonna say what would you do if your kid asks you like about god like if they're like who's god or like Well,
0: first of all, I would just be honest and say that nobody really knows. And then that's what I mean by. So the problem, for example, with with my family in in specific is that. Historically, my grandparents and then the great grandparents before them, they always look to their kids and say, like, God is real. Mm -hmm. And they instill this faith and this like, you know, this like dogma into them and this fear of God. So it's the fear of God that really moves man. It's not this mm. like faith in God, right? People can say like, oh no, my faith is pure, but it's all it all stems from a little ounce of fear, fear of hell and and the wand and glory of heaven, right? So my point is I would just be honest with them and say, listen, some religions believe God is real. Some some religions believe God is Buddha. Some religions believe God is Allah. Some believe God is the father of Jesus and Jesus is, his, is the Messiah, is the disciple, is the one that came. And just go from there and then see slowly and gradually what sticks and what resonates with him or her individually.
1: Right, okay, so that, that makes sense.
0: Would you do something different?
1: No, like I really... <laughs> Hold on a second. This this headset's been bothering me a little. Yeah, no, you're good. My earrings. Um, I think that I. I don't know what I'm like. I think I I would just have to fill it out in the moment right it's like the sex talk i mean i'm that's that's like two different things but but all but those I really yeah. all those talks i think come at a certain time it's like is santa claus real like that's gonna come eventually too and then you're like all right here's the story like you know here's the truth right well the truth you know there there is stories that saint nick was a real person who mm-hmm. was a charitable person and he worked for the church and he gave back to um kids who had nothing so there is like a figure just like there's jesus as a figure right so then there's saint nick and that's why they call him saint nicholas
0: yeah
1: and he worked for the church there's actually a story about that that i did like some research on
0: isn't there like a dark twist to it too
1: no that was uh neil gaiman wrote a dark twist to it that the elves you should
0: just put your microphone a little Sorry, bit higher
1: that the yeah, elves yeah. enslaved um santa claus and made him every year go deliver gifts to kids and he has to travel around the whole globe in oh, the cold shit. in the whatever weather and and carry this like hefty Wait. sack of gifts on his sl- yeah
0: ne- neil gaiman is yeah. kind of crazy dude.
1: that story is that story is like chilling but like in it's a very short story but it was like i was like wow what a dark twist to put on the story of santa claus it was supposed to be this like
0: mm-hmm. this... because i think that i like i remember when you showed me that dark twist to it and i was just like fascinated i was like damn yeah and then it, it
1: just ends ho ho oh, ho
0: yeah <laughs> uh but you're you were gonna say something
1: uh no i forgot yeah.
0: but but just to um end this topic and for us to move on um though though the one thing i will add and the one thing that i really want my kids to really get into is philosophy because i think that that is the key i think that just understanding that the like questions that they have have been pertinent for you thousands and thousands of years since the dawn of time itself it's like Mm. humans have always contemplated the same questions he's going to ask like is god real who is god all these questions have thousands and thousands of endless resources built by people who have been the who have had the most exceptional minds in the history of humanity so instead of me responding to that question i would just direct them to aristotle plato and just start from there and go from there. Socrates, go from there.
1: That's very nice, man. Yeah, Teach them how to be a stoic.
0: That's, that's <laughs> possible. And I, there's a lot of value. I don't know in that.
1: much about philosophy, so that's something that I'll have to.
0: Being a stoic is great.
1: That I'll have to brush up on.
0: It's very aspirational.
1: I was going to say that I find it so repulsive when when parents just want to have kids to like live vicariously through them it's like they want to make them like a giants fan because i love football and i love the giants so you're gonna love the giants and we're gonna go watch the giants like every not even just watch every game we're gonna want
0: him to be the next tom brady yeah
1: it's like Ah, oh, please like, like don't have kids just to just to have like a buddy that you could take on all your right. on all your favorite things to do.
0: See to me and that's And dress torture. it up as
1: you being a good parent cuz really you're, you're right. being virtue signaling. <laughs> you're being you're trying to live vicariously through them and like
0: I think it's super selfish. Yeah. You know? Because because if you do uh subscribe to the idea of us human beings being merely the the universe experiencing itself in the human form, which is what I believe in, and I've been believing more and more every single day, then every child, every soul, has its own ability to absorb and assimilate reality in a exponentially unique way. Mm-hmm. So nobody's the same.
1: It, everything's subjective. Far from it. Everything
0: right. is subjective, extremely subjective, and everything is interpreted and absorbed, assimilated differently. So to tell your kid, hey, Johnny, you're going to be in the NBA because your old man here sprained his ankle when he was on <laughs> the college, precipice yeah. of, of being drafted. It's like, but yeah. no, but maybe little Johnny is just fascinated by Leonardo's work. And, and he's just been obsessed with it since he was freaking six. And he just wants to paint and draw, you know, he wants to. I don't know design buildings hotels he wants to have his own talk show host like who like who knows but that's my point is that everybody is just different and then to have parents impose that is the worst thing I like it's crippling it's killing your child you're murdering your child's soul
1: yeah i feel like don't instill like don't instill your just don't instill you onto your kid like completely in every single aspect of their life especially what will determine what they pursue in their future Man. right because if you're putting them in sports because you want them to be an athlete it's like no like yeah. you're eventually they're gonna grow to to hate sports mm-hmm. because and resent you, you. force them into doing it their whole lives it's like let them decide what they want and
0: keyword there is completely because you should instill certain characteristics and traits into your child that are great so if you're a good role model then you might as well instill that in your kid and and just make sure that as much brushes off on them as possible but yeah don't don't no like
1: hobbies and stuff those types of things you know another thing that i find super just appalling i guess this is just me is I, okay, I get the whole idea of education. You want your kid to pass. You want them to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. You want them... You, every hope for parents is that their kid goes to college, right? Right. But I feel like, look, if you are yelling and, and like getting super angry with your kid because they didn't pass a test or or they didn't pass a class when they're super young or whatever, or even when they're a teenager... It's like, oh, like that, that I find so, I just find this so, uh, I don't, I don't even know, like narcissistic. It's like, why do you care so much about what their grades are? Is it because you think it's reflecting bad on you as a parent? Right. Or is it because, you know, what is it? Or is it because you want to go brag to everybody on Facebook that they got like straight A's? Like, Mm -hmm. what is the real reason you want them to get a good grade versus, them learning Mm -hmm. in class like why are you getting upset instead of trying to mentor and like tutor them and like teach them instead of just getting upset that you see like a a letter on their on their report card or on their test it's like ah
0: bad parenting to me is just that it's framing failure for what society says it is which is failure the way you frame setbacks or failures as mere setbacks is how you create world champions mm. and how you create just just outliers in general and those parents like i get it that well i i don't get it <laughs> because as parents <laughs> I you do get it yeah no because as parents you have the weight of parenting and the responsibility <clears throat> of of raising another person another human being right and having that human being Contribute something valuable to society and to those around them, so you have that weight. And I, but I think that certain parents don't know how to handle that weight well, and so it just transforms and 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 just morphs into this thing that's just fueled by ego, and then it becomes that parent who's worried about what the neighbors think about their kids, who worry about what the neighbors think about their family unit, right. who worries about what their friends on Facebook uh think about their kids and how they perceive their parenting abilities and it all becomes like a status symbol of sorts so just like those um crazy delusional psychotic narcissistic mothers who put their daughters in those like beauty pageants at freaking five six years old like those mothers need to get treatment therapy Ah! therapy that's that's a mental disorder that's a mental disease and i'll stand by that like yeah. you're mentally off you're not all there and you're not well equipped to like, raise let, a child because you're kids abusing be them kids you know you're abusing them emotionally
1: and you know what i was gonna say just now to what you said about raising your kids to to contribute something to the world right i feel like there's a misconception that you need to raise your kid mm. to be successful and it's all re- revolved around financial success right, right? What
0: success defines us su- right define it, you know? so
1: instead of like why aren't you raising your kid to 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 find their own purpose and their own happiness in life because then they'll find a way to like they'll find a way to like monetize that when they're older right. you know versus like everything's all about like success and financial success and you have to get a home and you have to have enough to have like a stable family and whatever Mm -hmm. it's like no like there's there's what about you is my point like sure you should like add value to the world and whatever but i feel like there's so much there's like no priority to what you want to do when you're like growing up because all you care about is is having to show other people that you got a diploma And show other people that you, you know, that you're successful, that you could buy this car, that you could afford this house. But what are you doing for you that you're passionate about, that you truly, truly, you know, gravitate towards and not just what what's like set up for you, like going to school and getting a job and like, I don't know, man.
0: You know, parents don't prioritize the fulfillment of their kids.
1: Yeah. and, And not enough as they should. And just like I said, it's like if you're worried more about like a grade than you are about, you know, what's what's preventing them from succeeding. Right. Like, don't worry about the aspect of them succeeding or failing, but worry about, okay, like what what might what might they be struggling with? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, are they they struggling with this subject? Like, is there something else going on with them? Like. I feel like there's so there's so much more concern around the success versus failure versus like the the emotional things that might be going on, the the circumstances that they might be facing in school, whatever. You know, like there's just no that just seems to be neglected, I think, yeah. in a lot of <laughs> I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. Passion over profit is what I'm going to teach my kids. Because if you look at, for example, let's use two examples. Let's use one where it went severely wrong because it was taken too far off of one extreme, which was the case of Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5. You know, like his father was a monster. Everybody knew that in the music industry. Everybody in the world knew that Uh, uh, Jackson Sr., I forgot his name, but he was a monster with his kids because he stripped their childhood. He used them as workhorses, literally enslaved them. Yeah. Into the music industry to perform. Um, so, my point is, he discovered a talent in his kids and he just really went all the way to a crazy extreme where you really don't want to do that because that's emotionally scarring and abusing. And look how Michael Jackson turned out. Um, and then another better example if you subtract the tolls and the, and the price of fame and all that stuff. But another good, a a good example in my eyes is for example, like Justin Bieber, he's been playing music and playing drums and his mother discovered this hidden talent he had from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And even though she enforced education and just getting good grades in school, she allowed him to pursue this talent and this passion. So he would sit outside churches, outside stores in his little hometown and just play and sing right and his mother was there like supporting him all the way like she would stand there with him, you know like supervising and just making sure that no creep would kidnap him or something and then he got discovered and now he's uh uh, like one of the greatest or biggest pop stars to ever exist on the face of the earth
1: versus saying like oh this 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 isn't gonna go anywhere do you know what
0: the odds are for you to become right for you to become a successful singer musician
1: because you like the minute you like plant these seeds of doubt in your kid they're like that they're gonna grow up with that like those seeds of doubt um doubts themselves mm. and have all these insecurities about what they need to accomplish versus like again just like gravitating towards what you love to do and all and these then, seeds of and, doubt then, and then and then eventually finding a way to make it profitable. work for you or not even profitable but work for you because some people don't even care about money like sure you need it to live but yeah. But but for example like that guy we saw on TikTok he's living out of his car and he and he has like a tent set up he has a kitchen he does his his job in like a little office and uses mm-hmm. a satellite and he lives on the road right. you know
0: yeah. and
1: I doubt he he's like looking at money to go like buy a, a supercar or like a or a, Mega a mansion. mansion you know yeah or to like buy i i don't know like that's that's just my opinion like not everybody not everybody views money as like this god because there are people who view it as like it's it's the only thing that'll define them
0: which is interesting because i've been listening to this podcast called dissect on spotify so shout out to them uh, we are not sponsored and we are not partners in any shape or form. But I do like to plug in great stuff when I find it. Dissect um, is a podcast that basically does just that. They, uh, The host of it, I forgot his name, he dissects albums, entire albums of artists that I really admire. So, for example, Mac, Mac Miller, Miller, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole. And one thing that's interesting about about Mac is that he was kind of like a, a hip hop hippie, Mm -hmm. meaning that he was against the grain as far as it came to materialism and to just um, acquiring these useless things, just like you said, that just weigh you down.
1: Yeah, like fucking bitches and, and right. having money to like flaunt and flex. And
0: right. He went through that phase because, right, because every, every rapper does because right. with newfound fame comes uh, just excess in general. So uh, right. if you want to fuck bitches, there's an excess amount of that. If you want to eat yourself to death, drugs. Everything.
1: Right. But then he experimented and realized, you know, that he
0: evolved from that phase, which most rappers don't. Mm -hmm. They die in that realm. Um, And the irony is that he evolved and then died in real life. Right. So a lot of rappers evolve. Well, don't evolve and they die, but they just live kind of vacantly. So they're like walking zombies. So they're not truly experiencing life. They're experiencing this illusion of what excess brings to them. And the excess creates and architects this reality, but it's not real. Right. And that's the crazy thing about it. And then once Mac Miller broke from that perceived reality and that illusion, he realized it was illusion. He he even says it in a song. He says, I don't need my eyes to see. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's so awoken that, that he's so like far removed and just elevated from that circumstance that now he sees everything. And then he's been rapping about it a lot in his recent works and his recent albums about how. How uh, he 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 spent one hundred and thirty thousand dollars on a car that he doesn't whip mm. that he doesn't drive. He stays at a mansion and stays all day at the crib alone making music. It's like, what's the point of all this excess, you know, other than to hold you down to add to stress. And just like Biggie said, more money, more problems. And just like Michael Scott said to Stanley, you mm-hmm. know, more money, more problems. You of all people should know that Stanley
1: and Jay Cole so, said it in a song, too. Like, Love yours.
0: No, but. Talks all about that. There's
1: another song, a recent one, or maybe it's old, but he said something about how money just comes, basically, just comes with more problems. But I forget, I can't quote the line because I forgot it, but I well, think yeah, it's in but a the But the premise song. is the same. Right.
0: And these are the rappers that we respect the most. And then we were talking recently about Kendrick and how he's just on this like spiritual journey that yeah, that no, seems he's like he's super. on a different level right now.
1: Telling yeah. you, he's like a god. Right. Okay, I can't. I shouldn't say that, but like yeah. he is, man. He's like a, a he's lyrical like, god. He's yeah. He's like an otherworldly being. That's right. like the vibes I get. He's just so. He's just so unlike anyone else. Like if mm-hmm. you put him in a room with like little baby gunnas and whatever, doesn't it's like compare. he'll like exactly. He's alien. He's just on his. He's just on like a whole other level, right. and he doesn't have to. For example, like Kanye will say things like I am a god and stuff. He doesn't and, have to say that. Right, he has said it. Like he has said he's like he's a god in his own way and stuff too, but I feel like with Kanye it comes off a little bit forced, mm-hmm. right? And then with Kendrick, it's almost like seamless. Like you can almost agree with it like, yeah, you are like you are like otherworldly. Mm-hmm. You are you just don't belong in this world. Like you're something of a different yeah. you know, of a different um universe for example different realm of right like he's just because i feel like it's what we talked about like tapping into this deep spiritual connection with yourself with the universe with whatever else Mm -hmm. that they might have been like exposed to or know about um i feel like once you reach that like there there's absolutely nothing like physical or tangible that really means anything as much as that like what up. what you have like within like the inner and for him it's like it's what he's doing with like pg lang and stuff mm-hmm. what he does with music
0: especially so, pg lang right and i'm really excited to see what they put out um he i forgot which song it was i think it's family ties he says that he has a bar oh bless you no jinxed it wait what
1: <laughs> okay. You. Ah, thank you. COVID.
0: <laughs> um I think that that's going to be a thing. Now, just like when people throw like 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 try to make buckets, Kobe, Kobe. and then if someone <laughs> if coughs, someone coughs. Sneezes, it's like COVID. Yeah. Um so I think that with the whole PG Lang thing, I think that he's uh edging towards that realm, you know, like he's like he's trying to bring people that language and that access to that information through a new language basically and in his recent song with um baby keem i think it was family ties he said something about to that he answers to metatron and gabrielle so these are two archangels i think right and so he's just on that spiritual realm completely you know
1: archangels are what
0: i don't know what the difference or if there is any difference to archangels or angels i think that archangels i could search that up right now if if you guys give me a sec
1: gabriel was the messenger angel that delivered the news of 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 jesus Christ's right, right to mary right that's that's what i was named after gabriella the angel gabriel and just a fun fact the word gab means talkative or chatty very talkative and that's
0: which you aren't at all and
1: you know what's funny all of my teachers growing up have always said that there's no more suitable name for me than one that literally means talkative
0: talkative yeah yeah Yeah, you talk a lot dude
1: i got most chatty in my class in eighth grade on my yearbook
0: you talk a lot
1: yeah i have a lot of thoughts to share
0: i'm kidding (laughs) um so no
1: i don't just talk about nothing
0: So Archangel, in traditional Christian angelology, a being of the eighth order of the ninefold celestial hierarchy, meaning an angel of high rank. So an archangel Archangel is is above a regular angel.
1: Basically, Oh, so yeah, Gabriel is an archangel then. Yeah.
0: And this will sound super hippie and super like woo-woo or whatever, but I've recently been integrating um, a form of meditation that involves summoning not summoning because that has a negative connotation from like summoning demons and stuff, (laughs) but inviting Archangel Michael into my life kind of because he's supposed to be known for um, cutting strings, dark strings that hold you back in life. And his sword is used for cutting that. And then his shield is used as a shield of peace. Oh,
1: shoot. I think because my Mm -hmm. mom has statues of Mm -hmm. all the archangels or some. And I think that's one of them. And he has like a sword like like stuck into the ground or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's that one then.
0: And he's known for bringing light. So mm. to a certain extent, he is a bearer of light as well. Okay. But um, super interesting. And during this meditation, which is in part guided and in part um, individual, where you, you kind of do your own thing. But the lady that does the guided part. Lady. Lady. She um, she uh, talks about what was I going to say? Fuck.
1: The lady that does the guided part.
0: Yeah. Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, um, she she says that at a point of this meditation, you can feel a shift in the energy in the room. And what's wild is this could be placebo and this could be induced by her and then your, your brain like tricks you or whatever. But I swear every single time it comes to that point, I do feel it. Mm. It's like I can't explain the feeling. I can't explain necessarily what I'm feeling or what changed or what shifted. But you can tell that something shifted because you're like basically opening up. And then she guides you through um, bringing light and expanding light in each of your chakras. So this is going to sound super hippie. Uh, Trust me, I'm the most skeptical and the most logical person that I know. And I've just been opening my mind more to these other methods of enlightenment of of spirituality because i really want to develop my spirituality this year that's one of my new year resolutions but it's crazy because then she like guides you it's like your um, crown chakra then it's your third eye chakra then it's your throat chakra your heart chakra and then i forget the other two but they're like lower chakras and then she basically like invites you to to while you're doing that to invite our Ar- archangel michael to like come into your life right and to help you
1: I really do like the the chakra thing and when I first saw it in Avatar as a kid I knew knew I was going to mention yeah, it yeah. where he's like facing his his regrets he's like facing his lies he's mm-hmm. facing like all these things and then you just see like the flow of the river, On just the river. clear open each time that he opens the chakra. Right. Oh, like that—that that scene always stuck out to me as a kid. So I just know that I need to open my chakras, and they actually have tests, like quiz things that to you can take that you could take online to see which which of your chakras are closed and which ones are open, which ones mm. are need a little work.
0: See, that's a great way to introduce spirituality to kids through one, Avatar: Aang.
1: One of the the chakras, which is interesting because we were just talking about like um, financial success and whatever, is the fear of having money and losing it.
0: Fear of poverty. Right. Yeah. So
1: if like if you have this fear that you that you're gonna lose your money or whatever, then that means that I forget what chakra that is, but that chakra is closed mm-hmm. because you have to let go of that fear. Right. of 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 losing money of whatever
0: of not having enough not
1: having enough money yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah it's
1: all about like like do you feel like you're at a point where you feel like poor like that's a that's like a closed chakra you know
0: see i believe in a lot of that stuff because to me it makes a lot of sense and i i was watching this on um, tiktok about this other podcast i think and the the guy was like telling the story about how he went to las vegas with a very rich friend and this very rich friend he lost while gambling i think like a million dollars almost and he had no reaction like he like it didn't phase him at all
1: a million dollars
0: a million dollars gambling and w- which obviously is like very um
1: substantial
0: uh like irresponsible yeah. it's like poor mem- Money man, like money management and, and it's just like squandering your um, riches. But my point is that the rich people, the really wealthy people, they always treat money as like a tool and they don't praise and idolize money. And that's, I think, the trap that mainstream media is trying to really um, indoctrinate people into because once normal civilians like us get into a little bit of money, we always just look to other celebrities, Right. And musicians, artists, and see how they use their money, which is to buy Lamborghinis and to like uh, uh spoil themselves with like um, luxury brands and right. all of this bullshit. But the really wealthy people behind the scenes, like Bill Gates, for example, like he dresses like a bum. Yeah, like Steve, Mark Zuckerberg Steve dresses Jobs. like a bum. Steve Jobs wore the same thing every single day. Yeah. So it's all about this thing. It's like using then money as a resource, as a tool, a weapon in this world, because this world does function off of money yeah so money isn't everything but it is a lot of it you know it's like a lot of the building is built off of money yep. but then it's up to you to just navigate that building and not lose yourself
1: right it, you know don't don't let it um <laughs> control or dictate your life either because right. there are people where it's like all about money all about like a, attaining all these like assets to just like i said to so fla- yeah, for what or, you know? right just 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 When you're thinking about these things that are your goals, like a new whatever car or think about who is it that you're really, really, really trying to, you know, impress or who are you really doing it for? Like, is it for yourself? Like Mm -hmm. if you love cars and obviously you you want this car because, you know, you whatever that's.
0: Like, which is my case right exactly i did it's like, recently create a, which a is dream board
1: most guys you know like they and
0: i did put a certain car which i'm not going to say because i don't want to jinx or get people's evil eye on me but i i do have a dream board where i put a car on it and that car i hope to acquire it in the next let's say year or two
1: right but but again, but like, it's
0: because I love I that know. car. So like, it's like I look at it and I'm like, holy shit! I've never seen a car more beautiful.
1: My point is, people that will get it and then right away they're like taking pictures, posting. I'll probably it. do
0: that too. But but to me, See? it's not for that solemn purpose because to me, it's like this, like it's it's a milestone purchase, right? So Show people it's you just made like it. when you buy a house, like every influencer, you know, when they buy a house, especially if they built their whole fortune off of youtube and stuff and off of fans they'll take a picture in front of the house yeah and then they'll, they'll maybe even give a tour my point is i love that car so i will take a picture of it and post it just like when when we started dating right right i posted you okay i posted shadow so it's like milestones but you do that i think to assert your position within the not hierarchy but within unfortunately it is a hierarchy within the hierarchy of your peers Right. but then it's up to you to to dwell on that position and to emphasize that position and then your whole life is focused on your position within that hierarchy but i'm not saying that i'm doing that no no see yeah because
1: i do feel that way like for example when i see like i got like some fitness gains i'm like damn like i should post this because i feel so good about it and Mm -hmm. and obviously i'm not thinking like Oh, because I want other people to like be envious of like what I achieved or whatever. I want to outshine that right, bitch, Britney. Exactly. Like it's like it's more so like you feel accomplished and you want to just like put it out there because, like obviously being accomplished and and having that for yourself like that's a that's a given, right? But mm-hmm. then being able to to like share that, like look where I started and where I am. It's like it offers it it actually offers a lot of motivation to people. Mm -hmm. They'll start asking, like, how did you do it? Like, how like how did you uh, start making money? How did you like build your body in the gym? How did you like break from like eating disorders? Because like that's that's a uh, theme in like the fitness influence girls Mm -hmm. where they had like eating disorders and did like nonstop cardio. And then now they have like a healthy relationship with food, with food and yeah. with their bodies and it's not all about aesthetics it's all it's about your strength and your health and you know yeah. so i do think that there are good sides to media and sharing but i do i do th- still think of myself as a clam where i'm like in a sh- like um an oyster in a shell
0: and you're holding on to your pearls it's like yeah and this are hiding a concealing right from the like world. Yeah. yeah it's like this scared is scared of others ruining this is my it. treasure you mm. know
1: like i i i've I never really felt so much need to like overshare my successes. But that's what I'm
0: saying. Like there's there's a fine line between oversharing and then inspiring others through your accomplishments and through your milestones, because that's exactly what I aspire to do. It's like every milestone we achieve, be it together or on an individual level, I'm going to share it, but not to flaunt. It's for the purpose to show people like, look, I've been through hell On the mental level, spiritual level, financial level, I've been in ditches and holes that I never thought I could get myself out of. And then to get to this point where now I am in a position to buy my dream car, I'm in a position to expand this podcast, I'm in a position to do all this stuff. I want to tell you like, hey, I went through all that and there are lessons that I've acquired because of it. Mm -hmm. There are um, evolutions that I've undergone because of it, both spiritually, mentally, emotionally, every aspect. And I would be more than happy to share that with you, if it means that you can expand and grow as a person as well. And so that's how you you right. influence. That's the right way to influence. It's not like buying like you know Gucci bag or whatever, flaunting it. it like that's not the way, you know.
1: That's that's what I was gonna say, right? Because that distinguishes people. Is is what is your use after posting? or sharing what you've shared right Right. is it just so you spike curiosity in people and then you just kind of leave them jealousy leave them jealous leave them like wondering leave them insecure about themselves hating themselves right versus like for example there was one time where I posted on my Instagram like uh, my my change in my body right like how I you know gained some some muscle mass and my my butt grew or whatever Mm -hmm. And then girls were messaging me like, "Hey, what's your workout plan?" And I actually went and I devised, I didn't I didn't have a workout plan like I have my own that's like super simple.
0: I remember what you did. I
1: devised a whole like it, it showed the workout the explanation mm-hmm. i gave like snacks that i would eat that that i thought were you could though.
0: easily sell that for like 30 bucks just yeah, like but most see, girls do but, I, you, but you're not famous so, and you can't leverage fame yet right but. but
1: that's my point like why even have to sell, sell it. it exactly like i i appreciate the people that that give this information for free yeah, yeah. and you don't have to like hassle to like get it because then it's like you're making this thing that should just that should just be helpful and useful and useful and like motivational for people, mm-hmm. and trying to like profit off of it. It's like it just comes off as like self-absorbed and Sleazy. selfish, yeah. right? Like instead of okay, if your purpose is truly to inspire people to and to to like help people be healthy, to help them whatever, in, like um, develop a healthier mindset, develop a healthier physique, right? Then why do you feel the need to put an obstacle in their way? Yeah, you know what about the people who can't afford, afford yeah. your your eighty dollar? Because sometimes it's expensive. It's not just thirty. Like yeah, they do. You're milking the shit right. out of it. Yeah. If they have enough followers, they can price it at whatever, and people will buy into it because mm-hmm. they think I want to look like that person, and if I buy this thing, yeah. I can look like that person. But that's only a quarter of the effort
0: that's why i'm like i've always been a fan of like podcasts because to me that's always been a a method of just sharing information that you don't like it's just sharing common knowledge it goes back to the whole like robin hood theory or or the robin hood method which is taking from the rich and giving to the poor and that applies to knowledge so for example these 80 dollar packages packets could be like should be common knowledge amongst people who want to dive deeper and develop a deeper understanding and knowledge of just fitness and their body and their physique and nutrition and all that stuff. But then they have to pay 80 bucks. So, yeah. So if you just give more, then you'll receive in abundance much more because it's just karmic energy. I believe. Yeah. Yeah
1: and i think it's like i think it's ridiculous like imagine you had to subscribe to every podcast you wanted to listen to and pay an amount yeah that if if you wanted to listen to like comedy to get a laugh because you've been feeling down like it again it's like it's just these obstacles like and people don't realize that you're just holding back these especially in media like you're obviously going to be looked up to Mm -hmm. when you are an influencer so you're holding back these people that look up to you, right? That idolize you, even, and and just like you're you're making it evident that you are on Love this them. this um, level, right? Playing field, yeah. Right, and they're here, mm-hmm. and in order to get here, you have to you have to pay you have to do idolize this and this. me be a fan right and do
0: all this effort and i'm still not going to give you anything for free other than this content that i'm going to portray it as being something that i do for you but really i'm just doing it right. for myself because that's another thing that i hate when creators go and influencers go on their medium and they say oh like i'm gonna uh put out way more content for you guys next month it's like okay it's for you it's f- Like, it's for their entertainment, but let's be real here. Like, it's for your ego. It's for your financial means. It's all individualistic. Following to go up. Following going up. That's why, for this podcast, one thing that I do want us from the very start. Uh, to agree on is that we're going to be very selective. If we ever have any sponsors on this podcast, we're going to be very selective. About because what? We, uh, it, exactly about what it is, what that company stands for, and how much they're influencing in our expression of self. Because, right. we, like, I don't want us to sell ourselves short, and that's why our like both of our um, careers are going to just pay for this podcast, and we're going to be auto-sustaining you know like we're not going to be relying this isn't a pitch or or a desperate um want and need to attract uh sponsors to this podcast if that makes sense so we're not those content creators that are creating it for the sole purpose of monetizing and making money because we don't make money at all from any of this like very very minimum you know
1: we've made like 20 bucks yeah off of
0: tiktok mostly you know and so like that's my point is that don't let the the zeitgeist get to you and just dominate you and just force your hand into being something you're not
1: and i'm gonna be honest with you right because because like we've obviously talked about and have seen other youtubers for example and how much they make a year and you know and it's kind of like passive income you you post content and you're getting paid by the views by the ads by the whatever so, we've talked about that, but I have always felt, and I still stand by this, I don't care where this podcast ends up. And truly, like, I'm not someone that wants to be famous. Like, that. that's just me. Yeah, like, I don't want to be i don't want to be joe rogan female yeah, yeah, yeah. version like i truly don't like i see the controversy that comes with fame and, and the I, weight of it yeah i truly do not want to to be this like the, the weight of my voice is impactful on mm-hmm. people to an extent that it drives like this it drives this, like controversial cycles. yeah like the all this cycles
0: are are driven by joe rogan's name now
1: right so So my point is, like, I've always stood by, I like doing this because I get to sit down with you and we get to have a conversation. I would never have, like, I would never do a podcast with someone else unless I really wanted or felt like they... Like or felt like we could have like a good conversation, like bouncing right. back and forth. Whereas mm-hmm. like you've done podcasts with people, you know, that you thought were artistic and whatever.
0: Right. Which Creative. I was about to say that is the same way for me as well. Right. And I've been even holding off from from doing podcasts with other people, uh, for the time being, because there are a few things that I do want to line get like aligned before doing that again but that's one, like one of the reasons that I'll reach out to people who I find interesting right and who I just like get this feeling from like someone just like off of Instagram I'm like dude like you seem to have very similar mindset like we seem to be vibing off of certain topics have a lot in common so let's just do a podcast together all right let's do it like
1: if if like a uh jake paul or whatever asked to be on our podcast i'd be like no because i truly
0: one you're a douchebag too yeah i I truly you know
1: i truly do not feel like anything that you'll bring in like to the conversation will be valuable to me right, right to me personally. like i personally don't enjoy your content so i personally would not sit down and do a podcast with you right. and that's why we started this podcast because you're my you're my partner right yeah. i like talking to you we and have we great talk conversations to each other every other day you know and and it helps us podcast. like discover more about each other too like right. what our opinions are and that's that's something that
0: elevates it for you right that right. that
1: feels like it it feels rewarding to mm. me right so yeah. it has to be rewarding to me and it has nothing to do with where this will end up with like driving numbers for the show right. and stuff if and we if like 10 years from now we're still at like 1, then so a thousand subscribers and so it is what it is yeah. you know
0: speaking of we're almost at a thousand subscribers on yeah, youtube yeah almost so we're halfway there and we're going to be doing a lot more reaction videos, right? Yeah. And with that being said, um, just call it there.
1: Let's go then.
0: Uh, uh, we'll be doing... We'll be trying to push out... Two uh podcast episodes per week. Yeah. Right.
1: We've been doing okay with that. We
0: did that last week, even though the last episode I'll admit I was really off. So apologies for that. <laughs> On my <laughs> he, end. He's I've been off trying every to every episode. <laughs> right, right. Well, <laughs> last episode for real, you know. Um but today I feel like it just flowed better because I'm in a better mind state. I've been again. I've been really diving deeper into the whole spirituality thing, and it's been really helping me just get in the right. And I didn't stress point. him out. And she didn't stress me out before the show because that's a big thing. Like, if I ask him, out.
1: "Are you ready?" He yeah,
0: because she asks it a all lot. All of a sudden, a I I clench up, up <laughs> because, because I'm just
1: asking, "Are you no, fucking no, 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 ready to because because sit she down?" Asks a
0: lot and she'll see me doing and setting up and doing all the work to set up and make sure everything's perfect and just running clearly and cohesively and then she'll still ask it's like just read the room pal just read the room just understand hey pal yeah pal oh it's, i'm far uh,
1: from the mic code up sorry these um these headphones have been i think it's just me yeah i think it's i think it's just like the i did like shoulders today
0: oh so it's fucking so- so
1: everything is like heavy and then the weight on my head (laughs) is like your head is just making my like shoulders just like (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm trying to sit upright and not slouch too yeah that's cool though but But anyways um, if anyways oh Oh, if if any girls you know want want like a routine or whatever you know message us you can message us straight through our you know our page yeah. mentally gone podcast page because i'll answer there because i'm not i am not on, social on media. instagram
0: so stop asking for her <laughs> at on tiktok because i'll always comment with um
1: jesus J- saves
0: jesus saves because yeah. neither of us have indi- um, individual social medias right now that that yeah. we're like actively using on,
1: yeah i mean i'm on twitter here and there but it's mostly yep. to like read up on like topics that are trending
0: all right. And then I'm just going to leave this again. Um, so as you guys know, if you're a frequent return listener, uh, we've been putting out our phone number for you guys to call and leave a voicemail. If you want to be featured on a future episode, just uh, leave, a, leave a voicemail containing a conspiracy theory, a crazy story that happened to you, a question, feedback, c- uh, comments, or just 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 to say hello and what's up. And don't forget to leave your name, but you can call us at 201-890-2907. That's 201-890-2907. And with that being said, expect more content from us shortly. And thanks again for listening and joining us today on Mentally Gone.
1: Peace to the world.
0: Goodbye.